Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. I'm your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I am here in Studio B with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. Great to be here. Oh, it is. You know, God's grace brings us here week in and week out, you know, Christians with Torah. Uh, If you guys are new, thanks for coming. Thank you for discovering us. I believe that it's God himself who brings people to us. Amen. Oh, yeah. I I think the Lord, just like, like, like magnets, he just brings us all together. We gather in this place in the interwebs out there in the cloud somewhere. But uh, yeah, if you're, he puts if you're the pieces together, he said he would gather us. He does. He he does. He does. He does. He did. He does. That's that's those two words combined. <laughs> so anyway, so thank you for watching um, and thank you for listening. Uh, if you're first time here, please subscribe uh, right now. Go ahead and do that. Ring the bell so that you can do all those things. I know that every YouTube video, every uh, podcast you listen to, every Facebook you watch, it's all of them are doing this, right? They all want you to do that. But we, we want to get this word out to the nations because we're taking the truths of the Torah, we're finding them in the New Testament. Right now we're studying the book of Matthew. And we are smack dab in the middle of chapter 6, right? And just an interesting thought, you know, if you go into the, uh, the chapters, chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mount, right? the Beatitudes, chapter 5, verse 1, it's literally going to take us all the way through chapter 7 in verse 27. Yeah. So he taught them, you know, yeah, so, as I mean, one having authority and not as a scribe. So then he's going to go and start doing the, the will of the Father. But but it, I want everybody to know that we think, oh, the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes. No, it's... Oh, it's, it's a lot. It's yeah, three yeah. chapters. Yeah, three chapters. I mean, all Five, red letters. six, and seven. Wow. And, and people say that my teaching is too long. Well, you probably quote all these verses in one teaching, right? I try to. <laughs> <laughs> that is too much, though. It is, it is a lot to digest. All right, so today we're doing the second half of chapter 6, uh, starting in verse 19 and going through to uh, verse 34. All right, you want to read uh, chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. This is Treasures in Heaven. Talk about the title. Famous verses right here. Treasures in Heaven. So it says here, uh, starting in verse 19, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Boy, that's uh, that's pretty good there. So lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, uh, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, where thieves do not break through nor steal. That's kind of cool. You know, it's like when God gives you a blessing, uh, no one can take it. Yeah. Now, the word treasures is the Greek word uh, thesaros, and it means a deposit, i.e. wealth, uh, literal or figurative. So it it, it means a deposit, um, i.e. wealth, literal or figurative, the word treasures. So once again, we're going to be evaluating our value system. The value system. Where's the value? Yeah. See, that's where we put our heart and our effort into. If we say, I really believe that people have value, yeah. you'll treat them better. Sure. Or this church. I believe that this church has value. Our services have value. So I want to honor our services, whether it's the Sabbath service, the prayer service, the men's meeting. Uh, the place in which goods and precious things are collected and laid up. So that's pretty cool, you know. Uh, and, of course, it, it goes on to say, you know, we know that Yeshua is going to give to every man according to his works. So what are you going to have to show for yourself? Now, this word, uh, the word heaven is the Greek word aronos, and it means the sky. By extension, heaven as the abode of God. By implication, happiness, power, eternity, especially the gospel, Christianity. Yeah. So um, treasures in heaven. And we know, and we, I think we've discussed this in the Lord's Prayer, that that is where 
God's throne is. Yeah, that's right. Heaven is a real place. Ooh, baby, do you know what that's worth? Ooh, heaven is, is a place Is that Belinda Carlisle from the Go-Go's? I have no idea. Anyway, um, I think you can have heaven on earth. Yeah. It's called a portal. uh so as we get our priorities straight our value system uh, where did yeshua say your heart will be uh he says your heart will be where your treasure is he says because where your treasure is there your heart will be also it's almost like in the giving you know uh talking about you know if you look at your checkbook Oh, uh, listen, I mean, I... I That's am, where your heart is. I'm in... Where are you spending your money? Financial services. I'm just saying right? that it's it's kind of interesting. Yeah. I now mean, the, the I word, can tell yeah. you, I can tell you people care about. I mean, w- we do some underwriting for some lending. We don't do a ton of lending. Uh, but I can get people's bank statements and I can look through and I can tell you they really value this. They really value that. That's right. Uh, it, it doesn't lie. Right, because we can see it. And as long as we have the whole picture. You know, sometimes yeah. we have a limited picture. We only see one account that does one certain thing. But well, I tell you, that would really help our spirit if we could just get our values right. Well, I think we have I'm a spiritual saying. account just like we have a yeah, physical bank account. That's right. Now, the word heart is the Greek word cardia, and it means the center of all physical and spiritual life. Figuratively, the thoughts or feelings, the mind. Now, it talks about that in the, in, after those days that he will write Torah on minds and hearts in Jeremiah 31, 31, and then I believe in Hebrews 8, 8, I believe it is. Uh, but the reference is very interesting that basically that Torah would become the very center part of your being, that, that he would write this. Right. So it would actually come out of the, the very core of your being. The very in your inward parts. Yeah. Inward parts. Yeah. Mind in your heart. Yeah. Uh, and that's quite fascinating because you know that your life will be different. People will be different when that, when you see them, um, not eating unclean foods, celebrating the feast days, reading the Torah portions. You know, I was no. reading this this week and it dawned on me. I've heard, you know, where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. And I always kind of looked at that as like the carrot on the stick. Like, you know, what is your eye looking after you know what shiny object are you chasing you know those kinds of things the carrot on the stick you know that's that's interesting ryan because i did a study on that because i wasn't really sure about it but i kind of like it in a way but then i don't if it's applied to me correct yeah because if you get the carrot you're you're going to be fine yeah but if you don't go for the carrot you get the stick that's right you get hit with a stick so think about it yeah, so yes. do you want to do it right go after the carrot on the stick or do you want to get the stick I, i'd rather have the carrot yeah, so this I, th- I mean, but it, I think this is more of a commentary on the condition of the heart because if you think about it, if you're storing up your treasure in places where moth and rust destroy, right, and become corrupt, well, if your your treasure is there, then your heart is there also. Your heart becomes corrupt and becomes rusted and you disillusioned. Know, whatever, whatever. Unmet expectations. Your heart gets <sighs> damaged because your treasure is in the wrong place. See, I'm healed of unmet expectations at this point because I remember yeah. God revealed that to me a few years ago. Yeah. There's certain things we can have the victory over. Yeah. Well, Another we, thing I've learned is people are not responsible for your happiness. It starts with your wife. Yeah. My wife was not given to me so that I could have happiness and she would make me happy. Huh. I mean, she's a helpmate. Yeah. But if you're depending on people to make you happy or bring you happiness, it's going to be a long day. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to let you down. They're going to do things to you. Oh yeah. You won't even get out of bed. Yeah. So I'm learning this as a pastor. Yeah. I'm learning this. Oh, I'm so learning this. And once you understand these things, especially how to manage people, psychology 101 i mean you're going to realize that there's a lot going on with people oh yeah there are different levels but yeah you know uh where where your heart is is where your treasure is it's kind of interesting remember the cardo in israel it's a it's a quarter of the city they call it the cardo huh that's another word for the heart ah interesting yeah i'm going to the cardo the jewish section of the old city the cardo cardio cardio oh. you know. yeah so um that's interesting. That's probably my favorite part. Um, so as we evaluate this, here's the question or the discussion. Uh, discuss why heavenly rewards are greater than earthly rewards. 
So I think if you were to ask me that question in a world where I didn't believe that there was an afterlife, then I would laugh in your face and I'd say, no, nope, yeah. I think Whoever the Earth dies Lord's, with the most toys wins. Yeah, it's like, I'll go for my toys now. Um, Isn't that the truth? Right. But if we have an internal perspective, then Yeshua is really making it very clear why the eternal rewards or the heavenly rewards are better. And the reason is because they last. They last the test of time. They don't get burned up at the bema seat judgment, right? They're not wood, hay, and stubble. Whereas all of the earthly things will pass away because the earth will pass away. You know, I I have here, heavenly rewards are eternal and earthly rewards are temporal. Oh, it sounds like you and I are on the same page. So like, you know, we're going to get into the, the thing about riches and money and mammon and all that, but... Uh, it's very interesting, you know, when you stop and think about it. We we brought this up at my table with my pastor friends. You know, how much do you need to make a year to really be happy? Yeah. To meet all your needs and help your family or whatever. Whatever that number is, when I get there, it'll be more. So <laughs> The number I'm, will increase. No, but what I'm saying <laughs> is that, you know, I think that's the right question. What would you like to have that you could live on without excess? Mm. Of course, yeah. you can give the charity and all that other stuff. But really, how big of a house do you need? How many houses do you need? How many cars do you need? How many boats do you need? You know, I'm just saying that if you say, hey, I'm very wealthy, but I'm a, I'm a good steward of right. my wealth. Sure. You know, how much would that look like? Yeah. You know, so it, it is very interesting. You know, some of the numbers, um, I don't know exactly, but, you know, some of these quarterbacks in the NFL – They'll have these contracts for just millions and millions and millions of dollars, and even the coaches. So you just think about that, you know, and I, and I think there's a lot of Christians in sports or whatever, but I would say that, man, what if you had to have a choice? I want my rewards in heaven more than here, and if I had to make that choice, I would probably just want to be middle class or just get by, do the will of the Father, yeah. then enjoy all the riches of heaven, the treasures forever. Yes, Proverbs chapter 30, verses 8 and 9. We read that last week, right? So if 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 without faith it's impossible to please God, and faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, Ryan, we have got to get into the prophets and the prophecies and tell these people this is what the word says. You right. know, the, the sad thing is that you know this country has a form of socialism moving throughout its ranks, yeah. and it's no good. I mean, it's just no good at all. God is a nationalist, not a globalist. I don't have time to prove all that in the word. In the word, but if you're a socialist or you're you're into communism, you you it's it's human solve human problems. Yeah. And then it's also, you know, well, we don't need religion or God because we're going to solve everything. We're going to distribute the wealth. Everybody gets something, you know, and it's just crazy stuff. Yeah. But it's really absent of God, socialism and communism and tyranny. You know, it's absence of God. So when we say we believe in capitalism or nationalism, we get into the word, you can prove. Yes. Uh, that you can own property, that you're not allowed to steal and all right. those things. But if you say, well, we, we're going to take God out of the equation or out of the government and have big government and the government make all the decisions or whatever it is, then you've totally lost the value of, of, of a true God, a creator right. that we believe in. You know, the World Economic Forum is coming out with a lot of stuff, but one of the things that they are coming out with is a, is a push that you will own nothing and you'll yeah. be happy. And, um, and I think that's, that statement in and of itself is a, is a strange statement. It's a weird idea. Um, yeah, it's not being implemented yet. Well, people see this like Star Trek style utopian world where everybody's needs are provided for. And so what do you need all this, you know, what is this rat race to gain and, and whatnot? And so, you know, I mean, if you just think about it, Ryan, we just have to get back to basic Christianity. Oh, amen. Um, because... Morals and values are so needed right now. How, how to treat one another, oh, respect one another. You yeah. know, when I go out in the public sector of life, I try to open the door for somebody, smile at somebody. Uh, the barista makes my coffee. I say, thank you so much. This is really good. I thank you so much. And and uh, even when I go to the chiropractor, you know, I tell the staff and the chiropractor, thank you so much for what you do. You make me a better person. You make me feel better. I'm married. I got eight kids. I got the church. And, and when I feel better and I do better, everyone does better around me. Yeah. I just want to thank you, you know. But... It really is a powerful tool, you know, I think that, that we need to get back to in that regard, that everyone's important, everyone has, you know, that's why I was telling the men last night, God loves you, you're good enough. David's mighty men, you know, did greater works than him, the Bible says. Yeah. So just because I'm the pastor and I'm up here in front of everybody doesn't mean I'm greater than you or you're not going to do as good as me or you can't. That's not true. You can make a change. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Matthew chapter 6, verses 22 and 23, I'm going to read this. Uh, it's called... The light. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, 
thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. Now, we don't want to take anything out of context. We want to take this literally. So basically, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, well, what is that in the King James? What does it mean that my eye is single? It means healthy. Yeah, New King James says good, but yeah. Okay, uh, I believe healthy is ESV, Cle- English Standard Version. Clear, but healthy. Thy whole yeah. body shall be full of light, but if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? Okay. So that's Matthew 6, verses 22 and 23. Now, a healthy eye or clear vision suggests loyal devotion to God, while a bad eye is impaired vision, connotes moral corruption. The scriptures tell us that the eyes of man are never satisfied. Can you go to Proverbs 27, 20? Ryan? Proverbs 27, 20. I can. Proverbs 27, 20. And you're reading from the King James. The New King James. New King James. 2720. Go ahead. Hell and destruction are never full, so the eyes of man are never satisfied. Oh. Now that's just one reference. Go ahead and just keep going. Hit hit Ecclesiastes if you can. Uh, and do 1-8. Ecclesiastes 1-8. You got it right here. Go ahead. I'm going to have to find it. It's right next to it. Okay, Ecclesiastes 1, 8 out of the King James. You're right, it is. Right here, I got it. Go ahead. It says, All things are full of labor. Man cannot express it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. So think about this law, Ryan. It is so true. Your eyes are never satisfied, neither are your ears in mm-hmm. hearing. Like you ever hear some two people talking? Gossip. And you kind of go over and you want, I wonder what they're saying. Oh, yeah. Or you see a car accident and you're all gawking and looking and, what? What's that? You know, or we don't mind our own business, you know? Yeah. Uh, we have to be careful with that, you know, don't, don't, you know, don't overlook that, you know, the, uh, the scriptures tell us that the eyes of man are never satisfied. That's why even myself, they've got this button on the remote that you can go back and forth between channels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how about a screen within a screen? Yeah, picture in picture. So what I'm saying is that the eyes are never satisfied. I do it all the time. I don't just sit there. I don't have to watch a commercial. Yeah. I can go over to the other channel. Oh, yeah. And go back and forth. Why? Because my eyes are never satisfied. Well, I'm watching this stupid commercial about, you know, pharmacia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all the after effects that if you take this, there could be some, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, nope. <laughs> Return, you know. Here, we're going to so, we're gonna help your sniffly nose, yeah. but you're going to end up with bleeding from why, your yeah, ears. That's why, that's why, you know, when it comes to our phones, what are we looking at? Oh, well, we were just talking about that. Yeah, And it's pretty nasty. There's just nasty, nasty stuff, you know. And it's interesting, a gentleman by the name of, uh, well, anyway, he's a, he, he's a, uh, he teaches on biblical child training. Was teaching his son one time that they were in the mag, you know, the magazines were there, and the woman was scantily dressed or whatever. And yeah. he said, you know, you need to really be praying for her because she doesn't know any better. She's, yeah. She's like a prostitute. Yeah. Prostituting her body, and Ooh. we need to pray for her that she gets saved and becomes modest. You know, but yeah, it's hard to cover everybody's eyes and things. Well, you can't. But if you teach the, the, my kids and everything that yeah. they don't know any better. You know, and, and and that's why you know you have to avoid the the pornography and all that stuff because it's just a, it's 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 a really really it's just sick. Yeah. You know, and then child pornography is really bad. You know, then there's bestiality. I mean, you know, it, the depravity of man knows no limits. It no. seems you know, uh, and God knows that. You know, that's why we talk about there's no one that is good, no not one. Not one. I think we're going to get into that maybe, or maybe it's the next. A series of teachings, but we'll see. Uh, you know, we, we do have to be careful with our eye gates. Uh, one of the things I like to share is, let's say you saw something that you didn't want to see and you don't like it, and you can close your eyes and you still see it. Mm-hmm. I encourage you to go to the faucet, have some running water, and close your eyes and let that water run over your hands. Yeah, and wash your hands like like you don't have to use soap. It's just almost have like water. ceremonial cleansing. Huh? Ceremonial cleansing, and just uh. say, Lord, please remove this image from my mind and my yeah. eyes. And I tell you, it does work. You know? Yeah. And that's what God has done for me. That's a cool little trick, or whatever. you know. Uh, but for some reason, the water hitting the hands yeah. helps us to get clean. So there it is. I mean, right there, you know, the scripture tells us that the eyes of man are never, and they, neither are the ears. Yeah. And we have to learn to mind our own business. You know, yeah. you know with uh, it's important to protect, you know, 
it says guard your heart, right? But it's important to protect the eye gates, as you mentioned. And I think that a main reason is also because it's garbage in, garbage out. Which so what goes in? It, it, it's what comes out of a man that defiles him. So, it's not what goes in. But then again, what are you putting in? Remember, you was talking about. So Yeshua was making a reference to the different levels of things, right? What are you so, taking in? So this was in reference to the, when Yeshua said that he's referencing not washing their hands, but people use it to say that you can eat whatever you want. But the point that Yeshua was making is that there's there's a kind of a prioritized basis that you want to look at things. Right. We're not looking at this like, is it okay not to wash your hands and eat, or is it okay to eat pork or anything like that? That's not the point of what he's saying. The point of what he's saying is that a defiled heart will reap defiled speech right because right? that's what comes out of a man because what comes in you when you don't wash your hands before you eat or eat pork or something like that it comes right Let's out Let's keeping it in context you know but you know greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world yeah so discuss why it is so important to protect your eye gates i only have one little thought here i thought this was interesting uh here's a quote by william shakespeare the eyes are the windows to your soul by looking into the eyes of a person one can see um, their hidden emotions and attitudes and thoughts, etc. Yeah, you know, I know a ministry uh, above and beyond ministries. It's a deliverance ministry for, for for that. If you're struggling, whatever, and they actually sit across from you and look you in the eyes, and then go over your life and things. And yeah. It's pretty. Uh, I, I call it in your face. <coughs> yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. I got it's you. It's not CDC approved. Sure, but <laughs> I'll tell you though. I will say though, it is effective. There's different yeah. ways of counseling, Christian counseling. There's that. There's LL Ministries. I'm just saying for anyone that's listening or watching that, you know, if you need to get Christian counseling, get it. Yeah, you know. I encourage that too. You know, um, oh, I just lost my thought. You were just saying something right before you went to Christian counseling. Oh, talking about in the eyes, right? So there's yeah. these uh, these little videos on social media right now um, of these people where they're, you know, the idea is that you're standing across the room from somebody at a party and they're giving you different looks. So like you'll be talking and they'll be like, or is that the body language? Well, book? but it's just, but it's just the eyes, the body right? Language How much book. you can tell from somebody by just the glance, just, and even just like an instant glance of like one glance might be, Hey, come save me from talking to this person. The other one might right. be like, Oh, this guy's really cute, you know, or another right. one. Might, right. So there's just different, different things that people do with their eyes and, and they show like, you know, four or five different things and they put little captions above it to tell you what the person's saying. And each one is different. Wow. Even though it's just so subtly different, but so much that you can tell just by from somebody's eyes. Um, you know, they can be saying, you know, things to you just from a glance. You know, there's a, there's a song out there kind of interesting cause I love the eighties, but there's a song by Eric Carmen called hungry eyes. And I just want to show you how powerful this is. Oh, wow. Um, I've been meaning to tell you, I've got this feeling that won't subside. I look at you and I fantasize. Uh-oh. You're mine tonight. Oh. <laughs> now I've got you in my sights, you know, um, with these hungry eyes. One look at you and I can't disguise. I've got hungry eyes. Hungry eyes. I feel the magic between you and I. Now there's even magic. Now there's like, oh. Uh-oh. Uh, I want to hold you so, hear me out. I want to show you what love's all about, darling, tonight. Yeah. So there you go. It's like there's there's the eyes are, are never satisfied. Hungry eyes. Hungry eyes. But Eric yeah. Carmen, really catchy song. But you know, words are important. You know, when you think about these secular songs, and everything. So I'm thinking, but it's it's true. I mean, the, he's singing the truth. He's got hungry eyes. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's it's not good. See, nowadays we'd be we'd say more thirsty. Thirsty. You know, somebody <laughs> said to me, and, and and they were right. They said, you know, I just really don't feel comfortable going to the beach because people don't wear clothes yeah. and it's like, you know, and I just, I, I really just don't go to the beach because of that. And I kind of thought of that. That's kind of odd. I mean, but even if you went to one little section, you're still going to see stuff. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, I got to hand it to the person that said that. Yeah. Cause he's right. Yeah. No, it I is, don't want to see that. I don't want to look at that. It can be In Florida. They don't wear clothes. No, you go no. to the theme park. It's like bras and panties. It's, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's tough. It's not good. Yeah. I talked about the time that I, I went to the timeshare and, I'll oh, just yeah. sit right there, and then it's <laughs> like, you know, it's just not good. You get one of those, like, sleeping masks, you know, to sit outside. <laughs> it's really almost like, you know, I don't know if I can do that again. I mean, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. So anyway, um, it's going to go on to uh, to talk about some interesting things here. In uh, Matthew 6, 24, as we move on down the line here, because we did Matthew 6, verses 22 and 23 about our eyes. Now, now this I'll, is one verse. One verse. It's one verse, but I think it's even tied in. It's powerful. If we keep it in context. Oh, of course. 
it's it's really tied in, you know, not just protecting your eyes from bad things, but but an evil eye also means to be stingy. Sure. Or greedy. Um, yeah. So it says here in Matthew six twenty four, no man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon or money. Matthew six twenty four. Um, so I'm going to turn it over to Ryan and little bullet points here. And that Greek word is douleo, but go ahead and take it from there. So it, this is pretty good stuff here. I mean, wow. well, and mammon is um, yeah. is the spirit of the love of money, right? Yeah. So there's um, there's money which everybody needs and uses need or whatever, right? But my there's mammon, money, yeah. which is the spirit of the love of money. Right. Oh. And so, um, you know, here in this verse, uh, the word serve is the Greek uh, 1398, and is the Greek word douleo, as you mentioned, and it indicates the work of a slave, not of an employee. Since a slave is the sole property of one master, he must give the master exclusive service. A disciple's loyalties cannot be divided. That is, one is either a slave to God or to money or to mammon. Um, Look what people will do for that. Oh, man. it's it, And the things that people will do for money, it's no joke. I mean, I, I think the, the hardest part for me is like people will actually cheat to get money. Or do people, people to get money? Kill people to get money. I kill mean, people. Yeah. I mean, they'll, I mean, they value money over human life. Um, you know, so first Timothy chapter six and verse 10 says, for the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. You know, somebody told me, man, if I just had more money, I said, you can't even manage what you have. Ooh. You know, I keep hearing that. You know, Yeshua, it, it, somebody said this to me the other day. Think about all these people that won the lottery. They have a documentary out. I never watched it. Yeah. But it, it, they it, talked about it that was the worst life, thing yeah. that ever happened to me. Well, you mentioned football players. 70% of football players, when they get out of the NFL, are bankrupt. 70%. 70%. That's a big I, I didn't know that. number. 70%. Go yeah, bankrupt. That's just sad. But the reason is because nobody's prepared them for financial literacy. So you give them all this money, you know, somebody that's coming from poverty or something like that, and then boom, all of a sudden they're a millionaire instantaneously, right. you know, they're going to blow a bunch of money. Because, you know, it's fun to blow money, I would assume. Gosh, if you, if you bank everything on money, get it, bank? Huh. It's like... I see what you did there. You, you could actually go into some great peril. And look what it says here. It says what? Well, it says the Apostle Paul warned themselves too with many sorrows. Right, right, right. right. Because so, of that, just yeah. because of that, you know, it's like these these millionaires and billionaires. When they, remember when uh, the stock market crashed, the de- Great Depression, oh, they yeah. took their lives, committed suicide. Yeah, because now they're only worth fifty million. Yeah, well, I think some people lost everything. You can, you can actually look up some of these stories. It would go good with this verse. Yeah, about these people that took their lives because they lost their riches. Yeah, You know, I just want to say this, that uh, the Apostle Paul warned that those who are rich in this world must be trustworthy in the living God and not in wealth. First uh, Timothy chapter 6, verses um, <coughs> 17 through 19, he continues on. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy, that they do good that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate. So for any of you that are watching that are that are wealthy, we want to bait to heal Israel. We want to have what we're having here, mm-hmm. and you can go online and check us out. We want to have it over in Israel. Yeah. Well, and it's a good time to do it. It's uh, tax season is See, coming up. Go. See. You know, it's the end of the year. So if you had. Um, some uh, some extra revenue that you had unexpectedly that you need to offset. So it's the most <laughs> wonderful time of the year. Well, I mean, you could give it to Uncle Sam, or you could put it towards the work of you know. Of God, if God amen? gives you a vision, He gives you provision. Boy, I, I tell you, oh, we, I we've been great. We're not closing up this church. Oh no, no, we're doing. We're great. stretching out our Praise tent God. pegs. Come on, somebody. Come on. So that's that's interesting. You know, I mean, you know, this is why. You know, uh, real quickly, Ryan, and I'm going to turn it over to you. But here's the thing. I want to make it very clear the Bible is so powerful, Ryan. And and we got to persuade people and show them, listen, you know, even when it comes to, to socialism versus capitalism, you know, there are three classes of people in the Bible. The poor, the middle class, and the rich. Remember the offerings. 
Mm-hmm. You can give flour or a dove. Yeah. You can give a lamb. The rich can give a bull. So when you look at the three classes of sacrificial system that's there, yeah, it is. you can see three classes of people. So what does socialism do? It wants to diminish It wants to put class. everybody into the bottom class. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's nuts. And I got to hand it to Dr. David Jeremiah, him coming against socialism and putting out this booklet and everything. Yeah. But if you ever get a chance to look up Dr. David Jeremiah and anything that he teaches on about socialism, and he's an older gentleman, very reputable man, very, very learned man, but he uh, is out of California, but he actually does some research in history, but he breaks it down, yeah. why it's bad. It's well, the, anti-God. I mean, it's unbelievable. Well, the truth of the matter is that you know every economy is a, what they call a blended economy, right? So we're a capitalist society, but we have social programs built in for safety net and things like that. Right. Um, I think that what people are sounding the alarm on is the elimination of personal property rights and freedoms associated with that. Because what happens is when you eliminate personal property rights now— my property's not my own. Well, now are my rights not even my own? I mean, what else isn't my own? You know, I mean, it just it's a chip away constantly. And, and if you can get through the bureaucracy, right? So, so discuss why it is so important to be responsible for our finances and how we spend our money. You know, uh, I would just say this: uh, a budget is simply a plan to show what is coming in and what is going out. Yes, and debt is a sin. Now, when you have a house, you have equity, and you can sell it and all that, so I wouldn't... So you say debt is a sin. I mean, I know the debtor is slave to the lender, but being a slave is not a sin, right? Well, I would say that if you, you know, let me just put it to you like this, right? I had somebody tell me years ago, I'm going to charge up all my credit cards because the rapture's coming. (laughs) I kid you not. I mean, this is the mentality of some of these people, Yeah. but, you know... Really, you're not supposed to charge your brother interest. So really, these credit cards with interest are, are against God. Well, when lending to the poor, right? So um, I, I think... Mean, I'm just saying. Yeah, we've got, a, we've got a different system where people are, you know, doing things to themselves, right? So the debt that people take on, they're doing it, you know, in a sense to themselves. Whereas right. when you lend to a poor brother or you give money to somebody say hey they need to you know some help with something they're on hard times you give them some money there's somebody in your congregation you don't charge that person interest right Right, your brother but your other friend who wants to do an investment together or whatever and they want to borrow some money to do something that person warrants some usury because and that's that's why socialism won't work because you distribute the wealth and some work some don't right right right, that's going to happen but then then what happens that's not good well in 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 economics uh, people think it's it's the study of, of money. Money the study of money is part of economics, but economics is the study of incentives. Right. Right. So it's how do we incentivize people to do things? Because before right. there was a currency, there was still economics. Right. Um, because you were still incentivizing people to do this or that like through bartering. different ways. Or but to the question, right? Why is it important to be responsible uh, for our finances and how we spend our money? Um, I, I think that. If you read the Proverbs, right? So there's a, a lot of people that read a proverb a day. But if you read through the Proverbs, there's a lot of statements in there about being responsible with money and about right. doing the right thing with money. That's true. And how, um, you know, uh, what does it say? A righteous man gives an inheritance to his children's children, right? And so um, I think that those of us that get the biblical mindset of, of how to look at money and things like that. We're not just looking at the next generation. We're looking at the generation after that because we need to be focused on how are we going to help the next right. generation go forward. And I was just thinking about this, you know, just, this thought just downloaded into my mind about in Revelation. It says, come out of her, my people. We get so trapped into a mindset or a rut in our mind or a mental state, and we just got to break away and cry out to God and get our clear our mind and just figure out what what's God doing what's happening right now what's so important yeah you know that tornadoes is little children lost their lives babies Ugh, I hate that it was just very disheartening you know this this world that we live in is ravaged by you know calamity and and, and look at job's children you know the storm came and knocked the house down killed them I mean you know it's like every day is a gift you know uh, Micah was able to get out of the bedroom and jump into the hallway and the ceiling just came in down, time you know over, uh, he still had the you know the debris on him so you know and then of course the branch is like six inches from the bunk bed that poked through it because it pierced it right through the head so you know i thank god for that and i think you know um 
near-death experiences happen. Yeah. But, you know, I, I'm under the mindset of faith, not fear, because God gave us all these promises that I want to fulfill, that I want to do, all these prophecies. Someone has to fulfill these prophecies. So if we tap into the prophecies, Ryan, we're going to live. You know, A.W. Tozer was a great theologian in his time, I tell you, incredible man of God. Great insight and everything. He even saw the future in the church, future of the church, and he diminished all that, this stuff that he was talking about to beware of back in the 50s. It was unbelievable. But he said, you know, if you get a vision, you'll live. Yeah. Because you have to do it. Right. Isn't that's pretty cool? Yeah. You know, who wants the crown of the martyr? That's fine. My wife doesn't want me to go be a martyr. Yeah. She wants me to be a husband and a father, and I'm a pastor, and, you know, and I put toilet paper in the stalls. You yeah. can't take me. Yeah. I take the trash out. I vacuum. I do windows. You can't take me. There's nothing I won't do. <coughs> so what else do you have to add before we get into the next chapter, which is very interesting? I had started to mention earlier because Jesus talks about, um, and we might have mentioned this a couple weeks ago too, but Jesus talks about how uh, he, him who has, right, more will be given. Wow. Him, right? And that to him who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And that sounds like a harsh judgment, um, but I think that's just a truth of how mindset works. And I, I think I'm, I might have mentioned this too, that, you know, when how is it that you can take somebody that's a millionaire or a billionaire or whatever, and, and you take everything away from them and you drop them somewhere with no, none of their old contacts, none of their old stuff, right? And that, you know, within a year, say, they're back to being a millionaire or whatever it is. And the reason is it's mindset because they just have a different mindset. Interesting point. Um, and I think that Yeshua is not necessarily using this example as a get rich quick or get yourself wealthy mentality. I think the point that Yeshua is making is that we can apply that to all resources, including spiritual and heavenly resources that we have the ability to make an impact and affect change in the world for the kingdom. And some people are going to gain great rewards because of their impact for the kingdom and other people who don't make an impact, even the impact or whatever they did get out of it, you know, will be taken from them. So well, isn't it true as a Hebrew idiom or a Jewish idiom, an evil eye is stinginess, right? Be stingy, the evil eye. So we could actually apply this to this, that, that you're so stingy. You're just thinking about money. Right. And not helping somebody. Yeah. Which would lay up treasures in heaven. Yeah. So you're more concerned about the money for yourself and what you're going to do with it. The evil eye is actually, isn't that the hand with the eye or something? It's like a... It might be. I don't the, know. The stinginess. You know, the... Stingy. Back eye. to the, the mindset, you know, the people that are the most successful in business are the people that don't necessarily focus on the money. Not that money doesn't matter, that it isn't part of the focus, but that the focus is on how many people they can help and how much right. value they can add. That's true. When you focus on that, the money comes as a derivative. That's good. And takes care of itself. Well, I think the same thing happens with the kingdom of God. When we seek first the kingdom, we haven't gotten there yet. No, but we're that's my there. favorite. Well, I know we're getting there, though. We're close. We're getting there. So let's look at, we're going to check out uh, Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. The, the title is Worry. So we're not going to read it. Mm. We're just going to jump right into it because now all of a sudden, you know, we, we can see where uh, we have, of course, uh, treasures in heaven, the light of the world, put God's kingdom first now. But let's check out worry. So so go ahead, Ryan, if you want to jump in there and ask the question. Yeah, absolutely. So are we to worry about what we're to eat, drink, or wear as clothing? The answer is no. 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 Yeshua says, don't worry. No. Don't worry. Be happy. Be happy now. Be happy now. Here's a little song I wrote. <laughs> All right. So uh, does the father feed the fowls of the air and we are better than they? Yes. So yes. Th I think the point is look how free the birds are. I know. Doesn't nature just remind you of God every time when I fret? Tell me about and it. And I see the squirrels running up the trees and the Chasing birds each other, flying yeah. and eating. And I see the little butterflies flying. And they don't look worried to I, me. No. They're not stressed out at all. They only look worried when the coyotes come around. You know? <laughs> so do we add anything to our life by worry? No. No. No, we don't. No, it says, which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So That's you... actually time. I think they're kind of talking about like time. Yeah. They say a cubit, but they're measuring something. It's funny like, that you say that. I think that's on the list of like misnomers. I think it's from like a famous song or something like that. Um, and it might be somewhere else in the Bible, but like 
what's the book in I or the verse in Isaiah that says like the lion and the lamb, but it doesn't say that it no. says the lion or the wolf and the lamb. Yeah. Cause lions don't really eat yeah. lambs, I guess. Yeah. I mean like, so worry they would, doesn't give you more time. Right. You know, so you're almost wasting time by worrying. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, so what, what does it say there? Uh, it says, it says this here in uh, verses 30 and 31. It says, Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? It's kind of interesting. Remember when Yeshua sends his disciples out with like nothing? Yeah. So God will take care of it all. I think he's leading up to something here, though. I think there's a, we're coming to a climax of the Sermon on the Mount where we're, oh, we're yeah, approaching. We're going to talk, talk about we're it. approaching something. We're going to talk about it. And so it says the here. The points are really good. A little note based on verse 32. It says, obsession with material possession displays the warped priorities of the Gentiles. Let me read that again. Obsession with material possessions displays the warped priorities of Gentiles. I know. Yeah, you know, um, this is why sometimes the King James uh, translates the word Gentiles as heathens, right? Because well, yeah, heathens are nations. It yeah, just sounds like I a bad it. word. No, that's it is. that's New American Standard. It is says a bad heathen. word. Yeah, but it's not the King James. King James sometimes says heathen. Does I don't. I don't think so. I think that's the New American Standard. You heathen. It might be. It sounds like you're Conan or something. You know, bring him back, right? I don't know. I don't know, but I will say this. Uh, my, one of my favorite verses when it comes to this is in Ephesians 2, where it says, you in times past Gentiles, you who are called the Gentile yeah. in the past. The guy told me last night, the men's meeting, he says, I'm no longer a Gentile. I'm grafted in. Yeah, I'm part, part of, of Israel. I'm part of Israel. That's right. And I thought, wow, that was a good word. Yeah, it I is. Know, if he got that revelation, he's an older man, retired. It even says we're fellow citizens, which makes us Israelites. Too. I mean, I want to be an Israelite. Matthew 6.32 says, uh, For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. You know, yeah. I tell you, I, uh, I buy shirts and pants and belts and, and shoes, and I would just wear the heck out of them. You know, yeah. Just wear them out. Just wear them, wear them, wear them. Because it's like people just so... I got to have the latest fashion. I got to have this. I got to have that, you know? Yeah. And it's like, it just gets to be cumbersome. Like, Anybody you know? that watches the video, I don't think they're confusing us for like fashion people. The fashionistas? <laughs> I don't think so. Bourgeois? I don't think they look us. Like, Bougie. No, yeah, those guys. Yeah. Bougie. You know what I'm going to do from now on, like on the I screen for, for the video? Bougie. I'm going to put like, you know, the brand of what we're wearing and where you can buy it with my affiliate link. Because I know everybody wants to dress like me. If we could, and listen, you, if by we the could way. be standing up and have two Italian <laughs> suits from Italy. You know, I, I like to look up certain things. Uh, I get the Economist magazine, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And they have like ads for like like suits or shoes. Speaking of which, that got renewed, by the way. Yeah. God bless you. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know it was getting renewed, but it's renewed. Oh my Praise gosh. God. I, I just I can't thank you enough. You're welcome. I read it every week. The Economist <clears throat> magazine. Just it's a liberal magazine, by the way, but it gives you a heads up on business throughout the world and what's happening in the world. <sighs> but but I tell you, I, I saw that that you could order these shoes online. Oh, okay. And it was uh, they were like six hundred dollars, <whistles> and I'm like. Uh, I drive right by Payless. Yeah. And I'm like, I just can't justify $600 shoes. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. I mean, I like shoes and leather shoes. I mean, I could see maybe so, 100 but. So to your point, like, right, there's. Like um, they're, they're handmade. They talk about. They're crafted. There's a, a, um, a, a wealth disparity, like, you know, like short story that talks about boots. And how back in the day when people were working on, I think it was the railroad or something like that, they had the $50 boots and the $10 boots. And so if you were the poor guy, you could only afford the $10 boots. Interesting. And they, and they wore out in like six months. Oh. So then like every six, six to 12 months, you're buying new boots. And even then, you probably couldn't afford that $10. Because that's what you have to do. Right? You couldn't afford that $10. But what would happen is that your shoes would wear all the way down and you'd have problems with your feet, problems with your health, and you get you know all the extra it stuff. It all adds up. You pay for what you get. So then the guy that buys the $50 boots that last 10 years, but he's paid $50 one time for the boots, right? And so it's this disparity about you how- You pay for what you get. Well- and, Like a bed. But that the guy that couch. can only afford the $10 boots can only afford the $10 That's boots. That's true. To begin, so he's not- He doesn't yeah. have a hope of getting out of this cycle, but by the time he gets to 10 years, he's spent- <laughs> You know what is that? A couple hundred That's dollars. An on interesting boots? point. You know, my wife and I got a deal on these two couches, and they were just horrible. What? We bought cheap couches. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh. not good. And I said to myself, Yeah, no, no, no. 
certain things you want to buy. You want to buy good shoes. Now, six hundred dollars shoes. I don't. I can't speak for that. No. But you want to buy good shoes because yeah, you absolutely. walk on them all the time, right? And Skechers are really good for your feet. And you want to buy a good mattress because you sleep. Oh yes, right. Oh, that's everything, Ryan. Right. Oh, and I so. Did. You know, for something, and like uh, I was, my wife and I were having the conversation the day about glasses, right? We only buy glasses once every 10 years or so. I mean, we might switch out our contact prescriptions here and there, yeah. but like for glasses, we only wear them at night. And so like it, we go six, seven, 10 years without buying glasses. So when you spend an extra $100 on the glasses to make sure you get like yeah. the good stuff that doesn't glare or whatever. I got me some Oakley sunglasses yeah. prescription, but they're in a special case with, you know, with a cover, yeah, comes with a security guard. And how? <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. And how long have you had them? I've had them for it's just probably just I'd say a couple of years. So a couple of years now, right? Maybe maybe two years, yeah. Because I went back and got my eyes, you know, redone and all that. So I bought prescription sunglasses and the prescription glasses, and they were five hundred dollars for those sunglasses. So in my in my position, right, I look at that and I say, you've got those glasses that you could probably use for the next, yeah. I don't know, a long time. Whereas if you bought the $10 sunglasses from Walmart, which right. is what I generally do, I've bought, I don't know, I'm ashamed to admit, probably 500 pairs of those things over the years because I lose them, right? Yeah, if you're not good with them, you don't want but to spend if a lot I would, money but, but, but you know what? People value what they pay for, right? Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, right? So this is a, a biblical truth that when we value something and we're willing to invest in it, then usually we're going to treat it better. We're going to care for it. Ray-Ban sunglasses were broken, Ooh. and they gave me an old prescription. But they said, you really have to come in. Yeah, yeah. You know, because that's how lens crafters, it's kind of like Apple, you know. Yeah. The iPhones. <laughs> Stop working. You, you really need to upgrade. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, know. you know, Apple, speaking of which, there's a class action lawsuit that went through that they're paying out now because we always used to be suspicious that they would slow down the phones after, you know, like two years to make you go get another one. Turns out it's true. They were doing it. I don't doubt it. How is that not what like headline news, though? You know what a racket. Let's keep moving on here. I know. Ugh. Let's do the famous verse right. of Matthew <sighs> chapter six, verses thirty-three and thirty-four. This is probably one of my favorite verses. Oh, absolutely. In, in regards to the kingdom of God, but I personally think that this is the climax. This is everything of the whole sermon. I would on the say mouth. this to anybody. Right. But like, you've got. All of these things here with the Beatitudes, we've got where he raises the standard for the Torah. We've got here, you know, uh, praying, giving alms and fasting. We've got keeping your treasures in heaven, all of these things. Don't worry about how you're going to be provided for. And then it all comes down to this. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Man. I would say that to anybody. It is so true. Man. If you seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, all these things will be added unto you. And I, I agree with that. Right. I, I'll tell you a situation. One time our washer went out. And I said, honey, we got to go to service. We got a great service tonight. We got to encourage people, you know. Wearing dirty clothes. <laughs> I said, you know, it, we'll, we'll take, we'll, it'll, it'll all be, it'll be we'll, God will take care of it. Yeah, yeah. Let's get to church. Let's do what we got to do. Yeah. This guy walks up to me and gives me $500. Says, God told me to give this to you. Wow. But can I ask you, do you really have a need for this? What's the need? Can I just ask that? You know, and he, and he just wanted to know. I said, yeah. I'm going to tell you, brother, my washer went out this morning. And I told my wife, God will take care of it. He goes, wow. Yeah. True story. That is. So don't get all worked up over your finances and all this no. other stuff. If you seek first the kingdom of God, and His everything else is going to be added unto you. He's going to give you what you need. You know, people would say to me, how can you afford to have all these children? How can I afford not to? Yeah. See, that's not the problem. Well, if you want to be more like Yeshua, you want to you want to have the words that he's preaching here get into your heart and applied to your life, seek first the kingdom. And what is the kingdom? The kingdom of God is not meat and drink. No. It's righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. Come on. So I'm just saying that I find myself sometimes out of the kingdom because I've lost my peace. Yeah, yeah, Have yeah, I yeah. lost my joy? yeah. Am I leaning on my righteousness instead of his righteousness? I rarely lose my joy. I sometimes will lose my peace, but I rarely lose my joy. You know, I don't... Yeah, I'd like to have more peace. Yeah. 
I, I mean, I, I think that I take the peace away from myself because I, what I do is I take things onto myself that it don't belong to me. frustrated. Well, well, meaning like I think I that I'm in charge. Like I, like I could handle it. You I know? hate frustration. I do too. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yeah. So if you're all frustrated, that's why you're going to be speaking. Yeah. So you got to get control of your heart and say, right. hey, I've hidden your word in my heart yeah. so that I may not sin against you. That's right. So let's continue on. Yeah, it says here, Yeshua did not prohibit planning for the future. But he did prohibit worrying about it. He urged his disciples instead to focus on the challenges of the present. Point. And that's like with me. I can't plan so far ahead. I like to have an idea of that. Yeah. But like, this is Thursday. And you don't plan your sermon six months in advance? I can't do that. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm doing Saturday. <laughs> I really don't. I'm praying today. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm waiting. Yeah. waiting. I got an idea, but I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But even, you know, with Monday, with our small group, uh, Bible study of Matthew, you know, I'm, that's as far as I've gone. Listen, some of us have messages ready to go anytime, just so you and know. And then, of course, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, my thing is, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just the way it is. It I, is. I, my, my son has a, a basketball game today at uh, 4.30 that I'll be attending. Uh, yeah. Central, Maybe you'll uh, receive inspiration from the basketball you know, game what, what, for I just want, uh, Shabbat. But I will be sharing, not this Shabbat, but the following Shabbat, the birth of Yeshua, and we're going to do like a CSI Jerusalem about his birth and different things. and Yeah. You know. Is yeah. that December 25th by chance? It is on the day. What? I can't, I, what more could you ask for? So it's an interesting uh, topic. I tell you what. So discuss why seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness is so critical. Mm. Like I said, let's just read the verse. <laughs> uh, I mean, we know the verse, right? Yeah. But... Um, in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37, we say, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Everything else will be added unto you. Then you won't be fretting about all this other stuff because right. you're in the kingdom. Right. So if you're fretting about all this stuff, then you're not in the kingdom. So right. here's the interesting thing that I found. Uh, Jesus said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. What better way to love God than to live within his kingdom? Huh. So it's kind of like the kingdom is also like in the, the courts of heaven are in the kingdom of God. The courts yeah. of heaven are opened up and the adversary, the, you know, the prosecuting attorney is the devil. Yeah. And Jesus is our advocate, our lawyer, right? And uh, our mediator. Yeah. And so if we continue to sin, how can he continue to represent us? Oof. Because we put under our feet, the, the blood of Jesus, we constantly do that. Yeah. So what happens is then hardship's going to come, calamity's going to come, trouble's going to come because you don't understand spiritual laws that you can't continue in those things and expect him to represent you. So when the accuser of the brethren comes, we need to stand our own and say, you know, these are accusations. I ask for forgiveness. I'm cleaning up my life. Though a righteous man falls seven times, he can still arise. So all of you that are you know, putting aside that sin that so easily besets me. Do what you have to do to stop habitual sin. Yeah. Say, hey, I only sin every two months in that area. Yeah. Or if I said, hey, you know, I gave up alcohol, but I went back to it, and now I'm off it. I, I did good for six months, and then I did, then I got back on it. I, by the grace of God, I've not touched alcohol since 2013. So I'm just saying that don't beat yourself up. Pick yeah. yourself up. Yeah. And start over. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, also, just, just to let everybody know that if you take a rubber band and put it around your wrist and you fall into a certain sin or something, just take it, pull it, and snap it and have that pain shoot up through your brain because it's like a response to a stimulus. But the thing is, it does help. Yeah. Now, this has been recommended by counselors and yeah. people that have studied. Well, and a great things. resource that I think that comes from is Doug Weiss. I'm not wearing a rubber band yet. Yeah. But if I... but I've I, seen you with a rubber band before, you know. I have... <laughs> I have popped it once yeah but i'm th- i'm still thinking about it but i'm working mm-hmm. on it because yeah. i don't even want to go there you know yeah it's normally not the input it's normally the output that's the problem people right? think man these guys have lost their minds you know what i want to please he God. says cut your hand off if it's yeah <laughs> i'm saying just take a rubber band yeah. and pop it on your wrist i, I want to get some responses <laughs> from some people hey pastor Nick, that really worked i'm yeah. telling everybody and it's nice and thick and well, think about it when you're tempted to like let something out of your mouth that maybe you shouldn't yourself, say yeah. that's like harmful you or hurtful yourself, or whatever. Which is good. Just pop your wrist. Or if you dwell on a bad thought or vain imagination. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. or it, that, I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. It's what are we doing with it? Yeah. You, you, know, you know, seeking first the kingdom. 
sometimes these big, I, I don't know if I would call it a platitude, right? But uh, these these phrases that have so much packed meaning inside of them that to some people they're cliche and they mean nothing, right? I think that's what can happen to a, a verse like this. Um, but I don't think that you have to overthink it. I think that if you're looking towards the things of God, you're seeking God's face, you're, you're wanting to do his will. Um, you know, I think that people could plug in, you know, the kingdom of God includes Torah. It can include, you know, the great commission. It can include all of these things, but I don't think that we need to put specifics on it. I think that it's intentionally, uh, vague in the way that it is because God wants us to seek after him and then everything else will take care of itself, right? So seek God, and everything else will take care of itself. And know, seek his righteousness. Know, yeah, I mean, you know, Ryan, we don't want to come off as, like we're self-righteous or whatever, but there are some fascinating uh, studies to be done in the Bible. I, I believe, Ryan, right now we are at a critical time of, of there's a lot of false prophets. You know, I, I witnessed one at Books a Million right, right in front of me. As, as I was looking at the scriptures— you know, as I was putting this together, I thought it was interesting. It says, it says right here in, in Matthew seven 15, I, I'm going to tell you a quick story. Matthew seven 15, uh, beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Now I was getting into this outline and I'm at books a million and I'm just chilling out. And yeah. It's like my office. It's kind of cool. People have offices everywhere. So I go there and I, and I have coffee and I chill out. I love books and I kid you not, I just got done writing it. I mean, I just got done. My daughter's across from me, Hadassah. And this guy comes up to the counter, to the barista, and says, hello. He goes, would you like for me to read your mind? And I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, and she says, well, yeah, okay. okay. I'll need you to clear your mind. Okay, now I want you to think of something. You know, and I, and I guess he had this accent, and I'm talking like that because that's the way he talked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so I guess she had thought of something, and then he says, and then he said something, and he goes, was I right? You know, and she said, well, not really. He goes, well, just think about that because that's, that's going to come to pass. It's going to happen. And he manipulated the whole thing. And I, that's how they work. Oh, yeah. A lot of them. Oh, yeah. Now, some of them can do it because of a familiar spirit. Right, but right. this guy's a charlatan. Oh, of course. And I sat right there, Ryan. Did he get free coffee out of it? I don't know what he got. And, and Hadassah's <laughs> eyes got real big. And she looked at me and I looked at her. She's like, oh, my God. You know, I know. and I'm just saying that, you know, and, and I'm only bringing this up. We're so sheltered, to th and we think that these things don't happen or don't exist. No, it does. There's, ah, oh, man. So a buddy oh, of mine sent me a video. Um, <laughs> I sent you a video. No, man. There's a lot of videos. You know, you know what? what I'm, saying? I'm gonna leave that one for another day because yeah, this you. one, yeah, this one is, yeah, yeah. and I'll tell you about it, and we'll talk about it. So, what two points can be learned from Matthew chapter six, verses nineteen through thirty-four? Oh, man. Um, so I would say my first one would be that uh, your heart will take on the condition of your treasure. Ooh, that's deep. Yeah. Your heart will take on the condition of your treasure. And so um, because Yeshua says where your treasure is, there your I think Jewish people are a treasure. Oh, I agree. I love Jewish people. I agree. They're a treasure. They are a treasure. And they're, they're all comedians. They're, they're <laughs> Jewish comedians. Yeah, they're... So what, what else you got? Uh, my second one would be uh, don't you worry about a thing. You know, <laughs> don't good. you worry about it. Because you know what? I That's think good. that, good point. well, Yeshua wants us to trust. And I think that uh, trusting in him, that he's got everything under control, has never steered anyone wrong ever. You know, it's always good. worked it's out. It's good that you said that because if, if we can trust him, then we need to learn to surrender. Yeah. And once we surrender, that's when we get the transformation. Yeah. People want the transformation without trusting and surrendering. Yes. But we can't be really transformed until we trust and then we surrender. Agreed. Trust is taking a step back and giving it to God and then releasing those things, you know. Uh, my, my two points are, number one, guard your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> number two, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. I would Amen. say that to any, any counseling session, any, to anybody, I would say, man, get your house in order. Is God a priority? Yeah. And that's, that's my two. Awesome. Praise God. You yeah. Pray us out of here. I will. Praise, Praise God. God. Father, we love you. We thank you. God, give us hearts to seek you first, that we would put everything else aside, that we would prioritize our lives in such a manner that we would put you first and that the things that you love above everything else, Father, and that we would do your will day in and day out. 
and that those things that we do, Father, would be pleasing to you, Father, that we would make an impact for your kingdom, that we would do your will day in and day out in our families and in our lives, with our churches, God, with our workplaces, and that we would be a light and that people would look into our eyes, Father, and that they would see a good, healthy eye, that we would be light to them and that through us they would see your Son. We love you, Lord. We pray in Yeshua's name. Amen. 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 All right, guys, if you want to reach out, it's uh, Ryan at twopraise.net, Ryan at twopraise.net. Uh, you can also comment on any of our social media platforms. We get back to you usually pretty quickly. Love you. Bless you. Have a great week. Hallelujah.